It's uh, very good to, uh, again, be here tonight. Thank you so much for your kindness uh, unto us. And, uh, you know, we are nothing, uh, you know, we're nothing without the Lord. And God is good. And God has always been good. And He's always been faithful. And so, um, you know, there's, there's no glory to us. All glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so thankful for that. Thankful for what He does. And so just tonight, I want to ask you just to listen like the Navajo people and the Zuni people do. Um, the Navajo people and Zuni people, they always listen with their ears, they listen with their eyes, and they listen with their heart. And I, I trust that you will tonight, and I know that you will tonight. And so it's good to be here preaching tonight. So let's open God's Word to John chapter 21, a familiar passage, one that you already know, so don't tune out. Uh, uh, here as we read uh, the scripture here in, in John 21, but just want to give you the events of happening. Jesus has already died and rose again, and he's coming the third time to his disciples to appear to them. And uh, during that time, Peter, he had uh, said, I go a fishing. And there was a, a group of the disciples that followed with them. They go out and fish all night. And they catch nothing. And uh, are you that type of fisherman? You go out all night and catch nothing. <laughs> Been there, done that. Okay. And so in the morning, Jesus, he appears on the shores and, and he, he calls to them and says, uh, have you any meat? And they haven't caught any. And uh, he says, cast the net on the other side. And they do it. And they bring in that draught of fishes, 153, and they can barely get it to land. And Peter finds out it's the Lord. So he jumps out and he goes to swimming and uh, meets the Lord. Jesus has the, the fish there already cooking on the fire. And uh, he says, come and dine. And, and they get to be with the Lord. They get to eat with the Lord. And it's a good time there. And, and they enjoy that. And uh, here we're going to pick up and read verse number 15 through 17. It says, So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? He said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for the time to be here tonight with your people God, I just ask you to help me, Lord. Help me to preach the words only that you would have me to preach, God. I pray that you would help every one of us to be filled with your Holy Spirit tonight. God, I want to be your vessel. I want to be used by you. And I just pray for everyone that is listening, God, that we would all be listening to you and what you want. Lord, as we have sung to you tonight, God, we just pray that you would receive our praise and our thanksgiving to you for your good and your mercy endures forever. Lord, I just pray that you will work in our hearts. God, that you will challenge our soul. Help us to be more like our Savior. God, help us to surrender our life to you. Lord, I just pray that you would use me. Use us all in Jesus' name. Amen. So we see here Jesus is having this 
ominous conversation with Peter, and he asked him three times. And, and uh, you know, uh, Peter had denied the Lord three times, and I imagine those things came back into his mind. But, you know, in this conversation where Jesus asked him the same thing three times, it kind of reflects on, you know, some, some conversations that I've had. I've had conversations like this with my wife. I don't know about you husbands. You've had conversations like this where your wife asks you a question, and then she asks you the same question, and then asks you the same question again. It's almost like you're talking about different, two different things. Have you ever been there before? You're talking about two different things. You know, you're clueless and you just, <laughs> you just don't know what's going on. I almost think that Peter and Jesus were talking about two different things. And, uh, you know, you look at the original text and you find out, in, in a sense, they were talking about two kinds of love, right? And, uh, and so Jesus had an idea of what love was. He had an idea of what love was that Peter should be expressing and showing because that's the same kind of love that he had. But Peter had the idea of what love was. Peter had the idea of how he was to love God. You know, one thing I find is that in my life, my Christian life, is that God is always trying to bring me up to a different level. God's always wanting to raise me up to a different level. That's something that we all need to be striving to do. That's why you're here in church. Your pastor challenges you every week to go to the next level for God, to raise your love for God, to raise uh, your giving for the Lord. And it's not because He wants something from you. He wants to give you something because it's more blessed to give than to receive. When we give to God, when we love someone, when we give someone the Gospel, you know, there's rarely a time that... uh, 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 they're, ble- they're, not, they're blessed and we are not blessed, right? We're always blessed when we give the gospel. They are blessed and we are blessed. And so when we give, we are blessed in that fact. Well, Jesus, he's saying to Peter here, Peter, do you love me? Lovest thou me more than these? And so uh, here, notice that Jesus didn't have to say, Peter, do you know that I love you? You know, Jesus, His love is unquestionable. His love has been proved. He proved His love for us on Calvary, right? Calvary covered it all, and Calvary said it all. You know, God, His uh, dialogue with us, I mean, it was finished on Calvary. And Jesus, He said everything that could ever be said. And He said, I love you on that old rugged cross. And so uh, love does something to our heart. It's the love of God that shows us Uh, that we have a Savior and that we are in need of salvation. It's for God so loved the world that He gave, that grips our heart and shows us that uh, uh, what Jesus Christ did for us. It's the love of God, the love of Christ that constrains us to live for Him. And for the love of Christ constraineth us. It says over in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that He died for all and rose again that we might live for Him. And uh, we can live unto Him because He died for us. And so the thought that God wants us to, to, to glean from His Word tonight is that His love, it constrains us. His love compels us. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me 
and gave himself for me. The love of Jesus Christ, it compels us to live for him. The love of God is what causes us to want to serve him, to be here on a Thursday night, to come on a a soul winning time, to go out and pass out uh, or hang door hangers on your neighbor's uh, doors to show them that you're praying for them and you love them. The love of Christ, it creates uh, in us uh, his love. It reciprocates in, in our lives love. And it does something to us. When we receive the love of God, it does something to our heart. You know, it did something to James and John when they went into uh, uh, Samaria and they went into the uh, place where the Samaritans were, you know, their country, and uh, they were turned away from a village. They said, you know, God, Jesus, let's, uh, shall we call fire down upon them like Elijah did, you know? And he said, we've not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And you know, God, he he changes them because that same man who said, let's call fire down, later on, he's known as the apostle of love. And he's the one who writes unto us so many times about the love of Jesus Christ. Well, you know, here, what we see is that Jesus, he was leaving. He was getting ready to ascend not many days after. And uh, these men, they would not be alone but he would not be with them in body, that they would have to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit and they would have to continue the work that he had called them to do. And so as Jesus is going away, he's asking Peter this question. The man who most likely would lead the other apostles in many ways, and he asked him, do you love me? You realize that one of the only prerequisites for serving God is loving God? You know, that's what God is interested in, in your life, is do you love me? And, you know, as a missionary, what, what keeps us on the field is do you love me? Do I love God? Do I love the people God's called me to? What keeps you on a bus route or what keeps you in a Sunday school class or what keeps you, uh, you know, coming back and back to somebody's door again and again to present the gospel to them is the love of God, the love of Jesus Christ that that resides within you. And so God, he's looking to uh, us to find out, do you love me And, and, and what is your love for me? You know, the Apostle Peter, he uh, in his life did much growing. And uh, it's evident from his later writings, the, the, the book of 1 Peter, and I want to reference that, so look at 1 Peter chapter number 5, 1 Peter chapter number 5, and, and uh, the apostle here, uh, I'm not for sure exactly when he learned it, I'm not for sure exactly when his heart was changed, but when Jesus said, feed my sheep and feed my lambs, uh, and, and, and he wanted to ask these different questions, it clicked. It clicked. You know what? Uh, we may not get something the very first time that God presents it to us. You know, you come to a service and you hear a wonderful message and God does something in your heart. And uh, then you go your way and it seems like it just it, 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 you forgot about it. You know, it seems like what 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 is going on? I don't remember these things. And, and the Apostle Peter actually in his second letter, he says, uh, I, I am called to stir you up to remembrance. All right. And, and that's what we need. We need our remembrance stirred up many times uh, because, uh, you know what, uh, my, my mind is not perfect. And uh, your mind is not perfect. Our, our flesh, we contend with it daily. We need to live and walk in the Spirit and rely on the Spirit of God. I find out when I uh, you know, rely on the flesh, I make a mess of things. If I rely on the Spirit of God, God gets the glory and not me. I don't need the glory. Well, let's read here in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 2. It says, Feed the flock of God, which is among you, taking the oversight thereof. 
not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples unto the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Now, I think that's what Jesus was talking about, that kind of love when he said to Peter, feed my lambs, Peter, feed my lambs. Don't seek glory. I want you to go after those little lambs and feed them. Take care of them. How many of you have, have taken care of lambs before or sheep? Anybody? All right. 4-H project, maybe something like that. Maybe you had sheep. I, I, I've seen in California big uh, herds of goats, and uh, we've seen some different wildlife. Haven't seen any sheep yet. But you know what? Lambs uh, and sheep are something that Navajo people have. Zuni people, they will have some sheep. And I remember one time there was a lady, a Navajo lady, her name was Grace Keems. And, and we would go by and we'd visit her, and she knew Christ as her Savior, and we'd have good time with her. But she had sheep. And uh, one of her little lambs was born, and that little lamb, uh, it, it broke its leg on the way out, and, uh, or, or rather on the way into the world. Or the way. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, that leg, was, that leg was broken, and we went over there. And uh, I'm not a veterinarian, but I got to be a veterinarian that day. And uh, she had put a toilet, uh, not a toilet paper roll, a paper towel roll on its leg, and that was the splint. And uh, so she said, can you help me with this? So we fixed up a splint for that lamb and, and uh, fixed that lamb's leg. And you know what? It took, uh, it took some work and it took some humbling. And you know, lambs, you got to get down where they're at. And it's just like the little children. You got to get down where they're at and uh, take care of them and look after them and be uh, kind to them and, and talk to them on their level. And, and, uh, and it, it, it's worth it when you do that. But our love, first of all, is proven through humility. You know, Jesus, he was saying, Peter, do you love me? And he says, here's how you can love me, Peter. Here's how you can show us by feeding my sheep or feeding my lambs. And I think we can prove our love by humility, humbly uh, serving God, humbly serving those who are are small, humbly serving those who uh, need to grow, serving those who uh, they don't got it all figured out. And uh, those, those men on uh, the video there, Denton and uh, Ben, Denton, uh, you know, he and his family, they want to put Jesus and their Zuni religion together, and it's, it doesn't work. And I've told him so many times, and he said, you know, they've been coming by my house for five years, and we have, we've been going by that man's house for five years or more preaching the gospel. I'm, I'm tell, talking about telling them the truth, that your way, your Zuni way, is not going to get you to heaven. Telling them the word of God and the truth. And, but you know what's interesting about that is we, we go to that house, there's uh, the, the Zuni people and Navajo people, uh, they live in a matriarchal society. They, they, a lot of them will live multi-generations in one household. That's the case for that family. And uh, the grandpa, uh, they were taking care of him. And uh, he, he would lay there on the couch while we'd sing. We'd sing and play songs, guitar, and sing hymns. And they, those people, they love it. And uh, one particular time, this, this elderly man, uh, he would never talk, never say a word. I didn't even know he spoke English. But one time he stood up in clear English, plain English, said, I've been listening to you. And he said, I, I know everything you're saying. And uh, I, I listen to that, I hear that, and I believe that. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that Jesus died for me. And then he sat down and he never said a word again. <laughs> 
And the, we looked at them, they looked at us, and their mouth was wide open, you know, they're, uh, and they said, he never talks. You know, he never says anything. And uh, that man, he went, he went on to be with the Lord not too long after that. But I tell you what, it's worth it. Worth humbling ourselves uh, uh, to take care of the little lambs, to take care of those who are broken, to take care of those who uh, have needs in their life. Secondly, our love is proven through obedience. Through obedience. In, uh, in our text that we read, John chapter number 21, verse 16, where he says, feed my sheep. Notice there, he says it to him twice. Many times when God repeats something in his word, uh, he, he says it twice. He, he, he's trying to solidify the point. He's trying to help us get it. And uh, many times God would say something three times, and that means, come on now, get it. And, uh, but here he's trying to show that his love uh, is proven through obedience. It's also proven through sacrifice. Love is also proven through suffering. And God will call us to those things. He will call us to obey Him. God will call us sometimes to sacrifice. And He will call us sometimes to suffering as well. And it's all for a purpose, and uh, that is for our good and for His glory. 1 Peter 5, verse number 5, the apostle writes, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves to the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. And God is the one who raises us up. God is the one who puts us in a position. And, uh, you know, we, we need to seek God uh, humbly. It's amazing the paradox that Jesus, is, he, he gave uh, through his preaching, and he showed us that the way up is down. You know, the way for us to be glorified is to be humbled and to be abased. And so God wants us to uh, prove our love, but we do so, you know, not by, you know, shouting and saying, God, I love you, you know, not by saying swelling words and, and you know, doing amazing acts, you know, like sword tricks like Peter did. You know, he was going to show his love with a sword and uh, that didn't do it. And uh, he had to uh, later on show his love and affection by suffering. His love for the Lord Jesus Christ by suffering. And he would do so later on. Look, look in uh, verse number 18. John 21, 18. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt uh, stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. He's talking about his death. He's talking about how Peter would die. And uh, from tradition, we know that Peter was crucified and that Peter would be crucified and he would say, uh, I want to be crucified upside down. That's, that's what the history books tell us there. And, but you know what? He said, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be crucified in the same manner as my Lord. Wow. What humility. The humility to suffer. This humility to sacrifice for our Lord. That's how we can prove our love. For God. And then our love, thirdly, is proven through surrender. Very simple. Very simple here. Verse number 19. This he spake signifying what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, follow me. Follow me. Very simple. You know, God's ideal for us is to follow him. And then he'll clue us in on the rest of what we need to do. 
you know, we don't just, you know, God, show me everything that you want me to do in life. You know, write it all in the sky, uh, send me a text or send me a message and then I'll do it. It doesn't work that way. You know, the Apostle Peter, he had more knowledge about his death than most people would. Uh, but understand this, Jesus was giving him a little snippet of it. And uh, Peter gets, follow me. Do you get follow me? Does, has God knocked on your door? Has God knocked uh, you know, on your heart's door and said, follow me? Well, he's, he's, he's doing that to every one of us. And God wants us all to follow him. And we begin following God in our heart. And we follow God in our surrender. We follow God through obedience and we follow God through humility, but through, through surrender. Let's go back to 1 Peter chapter 5. I believe Peter, he learned how to be fully surrendered to God. You know, before we can serve God the way he wants us to, we need to be surrendered to him. You know, my pastor that I had uh, right after I was saved there in Oklahoma, he said that you need to uh, make your life like a blank sheet of paper and you need to sign your name to it and you need to say, God, here, here's, here's what I want for you to do in my life. You fill in the blanks and uh, I want you to do whatever you want. God, if you want uh, me to go somewhere to serve you, I'll go. If you want me to stay and that's what you'll be pleased with, I'll do that as well. God, whatever it is, Lord, that's what I'm willing to do, and I'm surrendered to that. But our love is proven through surrender. He says in verse number 7, casting all your care upon Him. You know what? Many times people won't surrender because they're worried too much. They're worried. they got cares. Too many cares in this life. Too many things they're wrapped up in. Too many things that are consuming your life. You've got to cast all of your care upon the Lord. That's surrender, folks. When you cast your care, when you cast your worries, when you cast the things that are consuming your life upon God, you're saying, God, this belongs to you. Parents, you need to cast your children unto the Lord. You need to give them unto God. Uh, you know, husbands, cast your, your, uh, your wife, your spouse upon the Lord. And a wife, likewise, to your husband. Give uh, each other unto the Lord. But most of all, give your life unto God. Cast your life unto the Lord and give it unto, unto God. That's what surrender is. God, you can have it. For He careth for you. Understand that God, there's no one else that cares for you like Jesus. There's no one else that cares for your soul. And so surrender to God's not a bad thing. All right? It's a good thing. And many times we talk about surrender and think, man, that doesn't sound good. Surrender, it's like giving up. It's like losing. And uh, we were playing a little bit of uh, 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 flag football with the kids earlier today, the boys. And, uh, and, and so then the, these boys' grandpa, he said, boys, you could give up now and uh, you won't lose. <laughs> I was like, what kind of reasoning is that? Okay. And, uh, but no, when you give up to the Lord and you give your God your life and you surrender your life to him, you don't lose anything. You gain everything. You just gain it all from God. But uh, it says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You realize that there's somebody contending for your life. There's somebody that wants your life besides God, and that's the devil. The devil wants your life. He wants to destroy you, Christian. He wants to destroy your testimony. He wants to destroy your life and your walk with God. That's why you need to surrender yourself to the Lord every day. 
Every day we need to surrender our heart and our life to God. Surrender our mind to God. Lord, take my hands, take my mind, take my uh, feet, and take every, uh, every part of me and let it be used for you. Surrender is something that we do every day. If we want to be filled with the Spirit uh, of God, we're going to have to be surrendered every single day. Not just every single day, every single moment of every single day. And not just every you know, moment, we can narrow it down to milliseconds. I mean, every uh, single millisecond that there is, we need to be surrendered to God. Be sober, be vigilant. You have an adversary. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Realize there's other people out there surrender to God. There's other people that are contending with uh, our enemy. There's other people that are serving God. And you know what? God's taking care of them. God's taking care of us. God's taking care of your preacher. God's taking care of uh, your families. And so young people, boys and girls, you know what? God will take care of you as well. God will take care of you. God will take care of us. And we can trust him and we can give our lives to him. I want to read this last verse here, verse 10. But the God of all grace who hath called us into his, unto his eternal glory by Jesus Christ, after that ye had suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. You know what? It's amazing how God can take what we would call bad and turn it to good. He can take a situation that we would say is dark, dismal, hopeless, and God can bring light to it. You know, when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, He's with us. God's with us in the valley. God's with us in troublesome times. God's with us when we surrender ourselves to Him. God's with us uh, all the time. And that's why we need to say, Lord, uh, lead me where you'd have me to go. And uh, here he says in uh, John chapter number 21 to Peter, he's saying, follow me. Follow me. You know what? Following God is not dependent upon what other people do. You know, Peter, he looks over at uh, Jesus and he looks over at John and said, uh, verse 21, Peter seeing him saith to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? Isn't that like us? You know, we always want to know what they're, what they're doing. You know, what, what's this family doing? You know, homeschool moms, what's that homeschool mom doing? <laughs> yeah. Preachers, uh, you know, they come to a meeting, they're wondering, what that, what's that preacher preaching? You know, <laughs> what, what are they doing? What are they doing in their ministry? What are they doing there? And it's, you know, it's not all bad. It's good to know and be encouraged by what other people's doing. But Peter, he's wanting to know, well, God... What's, what's this man doing? You know, what, what's he going to go through? What's he going to suffer? And uh, Jesus, he says to him, if, if that will, he tarry, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Be, follow me. Follow me. You know what? Let's not worry about what everybody else is doing. Let's not worry about what everybody else is getting or, or uh, you know, giving or anything like that. Let's just follow him. Follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, I'm reminded by a statement that Jesus, He is Lord of all, or He's not Lord at all. And you know what? It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. Jesus is Lord. That means He's the one who gets to say, this is what you need to do. He's the one that gets to say, this is where you need to go, or this is how you need to live, or this is what you need to say. He is the one to, to Him that uh, be glory forever and ever. Amen. And that, those were the last words of Peter as he was writing in, this, uh, in that chapter. He is to him be glory. We need to live a life to the glory of God. Our life needs to be to the glory of God. 
And folks, what I'm saying to you tonight, and the, the message is this tonight, is that our, for our life to bring God glory, we need to be surrendered. We need to be humbled. We need to be obedient unto God. And we do so through love. Through love. That, that right there, that's the crux. That's what holds it all together is the love of Christ that constrains us and compels us and drives us to be different, drives us to be more like Christ. It's the love of Christ. And so if, if I can encourage you tonight, uh, and encourage my family and encourage anyone here tonight, let's, let us not only receive the love of God and receive the love of Jesus Christ, but let's return our love to Him. Let's just show our love unto the Lord Jesus Christ through our life. We show it unto Him through humility, through obedience, and through surrender. Would you bow your heads? And would you close your eyes?